You're listening to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Welcome back to another episode of Titans Time. I'm your host, Tanner Staggs. Joining me as always, my co-host, Tyler Stagg. Tyler, it's nice to be back recording today. I know that news in the NFL right now is few and far in between. We've talked about that before. Um, so I'm just glad that we could find some things that were worthy of talking about. And, you know, I mean, we're never going to try to fill a show with stuff that's just absolutely worthless. Uh, if it ever gets to that point, we might just have to miss a weekend. Um, you know, we're always here on Saturdays, but with, you know, with the, how slow the NFL is right now, um, we don't want to have a show that is not worth listening to if there's not things to talk about. Exactly. And I think we found uh, three pretty good topics to cover, you know, to go over today, uh, give our opinions on them. First thing we're going to have is the new rule proposal for the onside kick in the NFL. We're going to next talk about what the future could be like for the Titans if they don't re-sign Derrick Henry to a long-term deal. And then we're going to finish off the show talking about Dennis Kelly and Isaiah Wilson and who we think is going to end up with the starting right tackle position. So if you're listening to the show, make sure that you listen to the end because that's going to be fun to talk about. Um, I know that the Isaiah Wilson pick wasn't popular with a lot of people, but I think it's going to be fun to debate uh, who we think is going to start there at right tackle. Uh, I think it's going to be the main position battle as we go into training camp and as we get closer to the preseason. So let's go ahead and kick it off. The NFL, I believe it was the Eagles, proposed this rule uh, for onside kicks. And that rule is that teams, rather than doing an onside kick, can try to convert a 4th and 15 from their own 25-yard line. Uh, they still have an opportunity to try an onside kick if they would like to, and they can try this fourth and 15 twice a game. Is that correct? That is my understanding. And just to kind of give a little insight on this, the reason that this is being proposed is because ever since the new uh, kickoff rules have started being implemented, I believe that started back in 2018, the recovery rate on onside kicks has went down from 19.5% to 10.5%. So if a team's down late in the game, they get a score and know that they need to try an onside kick in hopes of you know, getting back into the game or tying the game, then you know, pretty much at 10.5%, you know it's not really going to happen for you. You're basically, you're, you're not competitive if you're down two scores late in the game. Whereas if you at least have closer to a 20 or 25% chance, now your chances aren't great, but you it's still have an opportunity. Yes, exactly. You still have an opportunity to get yourself back in the game. You can have that chance at someone blowing a coverage and having a guy come open and gaining that yards. Now on the flip side of this, if you go for this fourth and 15 from your own 25, you run the chance of if you don't get it, I mean, you're fixing to give, you know, the opposing team extraordinary field position. Well, and and that's, I, I believe there was another team that proposed this rule as well. And 
I can't remember exactly what team it was, but they had the rule to where it would be from the 35-yard line. Uh, Am I correct on that? It was the Denver Broncos last year, and I'm not exactly sure if they were doing it from the uh, 35 or where they were doing it from. But, yes, the Broncos did propose you know, something similar to this last year, and the league did try it out during the 2019 Pro Bowl. But the the reason that this rule from the Eagles is getting so much more traction is because there is a bit of a risk that you a risk that you take there by possibly giving teams field position at the twenty five yard line or if you get sacked potentially much much closer than that. I'm assuming that's the way it works. If you get sacked, then you know wherever you're sacked at, the team will take over from there. Right. That's the only part we're not completely sure on right now i'm sure we'll get more information on this but as of right now we don't know exactly what will happen if you know the team does not convert the fourth and 15 we are just assuming that that is where the opposing team will take overs either at the 25 or wherever the ball is is, down is down that's i mean that's really what i'm assuming that's the only way that it makes sense to me do you agree with that that makes sense to me because the only way I can see all teams going for this is if they see benefit on both sides of it. Exactly. Whereas, okay, if I'm going against a team and they don't get this fourth and 15, then we're basically already going to be in field goal range again and can definitely put the game out of reach. Exactly. Um, And one player has already spoken out about this just a bit. and. It's a player that I immediately thought of when I heard of this rule, uh, that, that being Patrick Mahomes. Um, he already spoke on Twitter a little bit. I'm not exactly sure what those emojis that he used were. They appeared to be some sort of laughing emojis. Um, so that kind of tells you how Patrick Mahomes feels about this rule. Uh, Andy Reid says that having Patrick Mahomes gives the Chiefs an advantage if this rule actually does pass. Here is a few stats from Mahomes last season. They didn't have any fourth and 15s, but on third and 15s, Patrick Mahomes was 12 of 16 for 255 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's just absolutely crazy. And if any team could really benefit from this fourth and 15, it's going to be the high-powered offense of the Chiefs because they have the ability to drive the ball down the field. They have so many playmakers that they can, if they get the ball in their hands, there's a good chance they convert that fourth and 15. And I believe that's why they said, okay, a team can only do this twice a game. Exactly. if you think about it, if the Chiefs were to go down and score a touchdown, they're firing on all cylinders, they could say, okay, we're going to do this fourth and 15, convert it, and we're going to drive down the field and already be up another two scores on you. Exactly. And I think a lot of teams would benefit from this, um, but the Chiefs would just definitely get a whole nother level from it. Uh, I think that they would be able to exploit this rule. One thing that I think hasn't been considered enough is I think a lot of teams that are very good defensively will also, um, you know, be in support of this rule. And that being because they have a much better chance of getting stops on these. I don't know what, I guess you would, do you call it an onside kick or 
just this alternative onside kick, they have the opportunity to get a stop here and have amazing field position. So even though it might not benefit them offensively, in a way it would because they're setting their offense up in almost a situation where they can't fail. Right. And you, you know, basically tell your defense, Hey, go out there and get us one more stop. All you have to do is stop one play. You don't have to be down there for three downs and make them pun on four. Go out there for one play, get us one more stop. I mean, just, just cover the sticks. If you're playing a mobile quarterback, put a spy on the quarterback. Yes, it, it can be hard to defend, especially like Patrick Mahomes or, or something like that for, for one play on a, you know, 15 yards, but just make one stop, you know, don't let Tyreek Hill get, get out and run around and just find a way to get open. Don't let Mahomes do something with his legs like he did in the first half against the Titans in the AFC championship. Just don't let things like that happen. Control, bend, don't break. And this could be beneficial for the defense. Don't try to make the highlight play. Stick to what your job is on that play and do your job. Because there's times where someone tries to make that highlight play. Much like when Stephon Diggs took that pass in the playoffs, um, caught it, and really was, it should have been the end of the game right there. But defender goes for a big hit or whatever he was doing, misses it, and Diggs scores. Exactly. You know, just do your job. Don't go for the highlight play because if you miss that highlight play, there's a good chance it's a busted coverage and the fourth down gets converted. I have uh, a couple of stats here. In 2019, teams converted 28.6% of fourth and 15s. So that is much, much higher than onside kicks were converted or recovered in 2019, which was 12.5%. Well, and that's even higher than the first number I threw out there from 2001 to 2017, the rate of recovery this on is onside. Before, this is before the rule changes made it harder to recover an onside. Right. Before that, it was 19.5%. So last year, teams converting on those fourth downs, you do have a higher percent chance of making it than even when onside kicks were at one of their highest points. Right. Now, one more thing that I want to mention before we move on to Derrick Henry. How do you think this affects the Titans? How often do you think they'll be able to convert something like this? How often do you think they'll even attempt something like this? That is a very good question. Um, You know, the Titans now with Tannehill, leading the team from the quarterback position, I have a feeling that if they need to try it, they're definitely going to because when you have weapons like A.J. Brown, now Evans coming out of the backfield, and even Corey Davis, I feel like you have some playmakers that can go out there and get you those 15 yards. Of course, you know, they're not going to be coming out probably running the ball with Derrick Henry on 4th and 15. But there is always that chance he could somehow break one. Well, I I don't know that that would be the the best idea. No, Um, I'm not saying it would be the best idea. I'm just saying there is times where he can break a big run, but more than likely, if they're going to try this, they're going to have Evans on the field 
back in the backfield with Tannehill, and they're going to try and make something happen. I say just just get the ball on like a slant or something with A.J. Brown and get Corey Davis in front of him to throw a lead block. That's 15 yards right there. I mean. And you can't forget about Jonu. Jonu is. He is a beast. He's he's really fast. So if you get the ball in his hands. For a hands, tight end. Right. For a tight end. If you get the ball in his hands, there's a very good chance he can make something happen. Especially if he's like potentially matched up with a linebacker or something like that in man coverage. Um, I think that the Titans have a good chance of, you know, converting a good number of these. How much they'll actually attempt, I'm not sure. Um, in my opinion, it's kind of hard to get a good gauge on Mike Vrabel sometimes. At the beginning of last season, I wasn't quite sure if I was sold on Mike Vrabel. Um, towards the end of the season, I started to get that way. And then once he, Bill Belichick, Belichick, I was, that was it for me. Um, I was completely sold on Vrabel. Speaking of which, uh, since we are talking about rule proposals here, there the committee has endorsed two minor rule changes for owners to consider, and one of those is closing a loophole that last season the Patriots and the Titans, among others, you're done, and that was draining the clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock was running Mm. so there is a chance that that rule there that loophole that teams can no longer exploit that right if you don't know what we're talking about the titans were about to punt against the patriots uh late in the fourth quarter or getting probably to the middle of the fourth quarter what they probably drained a minute and a half or two minutes off the clock by just committing a false start on the punt and the clock continued to run. And it really just helped them out even more because then you have Kern, Kern back there who has more room, you know, more field to work with exactly. as far as and he getting good placement. he booted it all the way to the one-yard line. Um, I've got, I think Kern's the best punter in the league, but that's just, that's just I think a lot of people think that. Um, I'm really happy with Brett Kern. I, I I don't know what his contract looks like right now, but I think he's got plenty of time left in the league. I believe so. Um, one more thing about the 4th and 15 uh, that I wanted to mention. This can be attempted after giving up a safety. So I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if you could attempt an onside kick after giving up a safety. I don't believe you can because you punt it. Right, you punt. It, you know, it's a free kick. Yeah. You, you so. don't, you know, it's not like a normal kickoff after you score, you punt it. But you know, maybe a team gives up a safety and they don't quite want to give the ball up. They actually could improve their field position a little bit because they go up to the 25. Obviously, you give up two points, but I'm not saying a team's like going to intentionally take a safety just to get 25 yards because, again, you... If, if you, you give, don't convert it... You then... give up two points and you immediately go to fourth down. So, right. So, what are the Titans going to look like if they don't sign Derrick Henry to a long-term deal? I think it's something that has kind of been in the back of a lot of our minds. Tyler, um, what do you see as the future for the Titans if Henry and the Titans don't end up agreeing on a long-term deal? Do you think that it's Darrington Evans? Do you think it's a mix of Evans and another running back? Or do you think they'll go a completely different direction? I think it would be end up being a mix of Evans and another running back, obviously with Evans being the featured back. But if you really think about it, 
going forward, if for some reason they aren't able to sign Derrick Henry to a long-term deal, then right now the Titans are more of a power run scheme, I would say, just because you have big Derrick Henry back there who's going to run over people. He's not really going to be trying to make those cuts. He's one cut gone. And I, I've seen a lot of Darrington Evans being uh, portrayed in that same way, whereas at the line of scrimmage, he is a one-cut running back. But there are differences between Derrick Henry and Darrington Evans, as in once they get downfield, Henry's looking to run over people, and Darrington Evans wants to be a little more shifty and use his speed to run away from them. Right, and that's the point that I was going to get to is Evans does have that ability at the line to make one cut and be gone. They're looking to get downfield as quickly as possible from, right. from the line of scrimmage. But he, his run style is you know more shifty than Henry's, so that's going to change the you know complexion of the Titans teams. You know, teams are going to know, all right, this guy can possibly run me over, but it's not as big of a threat as being run over as, like, Derrick Henry. Well, well no doubt him. about it. No, nobody wears down defenses like Derrick Henry does. And nobody, in my opinion, there's nobody in the league coming in in the next few years that can replicate what Derrick Henry does, as, as in he just mentally and physically drains teams. Right, and with Evans, you know, the point that I was working towards is, well, yes, he's not as fast as, like, Chris Johnson was, I believe you would see the Titans move more towards that kind of run style where you get him, you know, a little opening and let him make, you know, use his shiftiness Moving to his more advantage. towards speed rather than power, power because they're not going to find a replacement running back that can duplicate Derrick Henry's power. Exactly. Um, I think you're right. There are a couple of concerns about Darrington Evans, not because I don't think that he's going to be a good player, but we just haven't, I mean, we haven't seen him in the NFL at all yet. So there are questions about, I mean, I mean, it's that way with any rookie. You know, you, you have your idea of how a player might perform in the NFL, but you've really got no idea until they actually get into the NFL, play a season or two, or at least play some NFL games. Um, I believe in Darrington Evans. I think he's going to be a really good running back uh, for the Titans. And I, honestly, I, I'm still with Derrick Henry. I want Derrick Henry to be signed, as I know that you do too. And, you know, but we just really wanted to discuss, well, where do we go if we don't sign Derrick Henry? Because I know that, you know, Robinson made the point that, you know, they're still seeking common ground there in negotiations. Um, but he also I mean, said that he does, you know, want Derrick Henry back on that long term deal just exactly. as much as Henry wants to be back. Yes. Um but, you know, you have to prepare for a world where Derrick Henry's no longer with the Titans, just to be prepared. I mean, I want Derrick Henry locked down long-term as much as the next guy. Um, I think he's the most important part of the team. He's the best running back in the NFL. But um, you know, they would definitely lose production without him. But Evans is a good candidate for 
replacement. You know, like he said, like, or like you said, he does fit that scheme. Um, whereas at the line of scrimmage, you know, he's one cut and he's going downfield. Um, but the biggest thing for me is they, they do, they would save a little bit of money that they could use elsewhere. Uh, that's not necessarily what I want to happen because I think that putting, you know, 12 to $14 million a year towards Derrick Henry is a great value. And I think that's what you got to do. But if they happen to not, here are a couple of wide receivers coming up potentially in free agency next offseason that I would be interested in. Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, A.J. Green. Do you think that maybe the Titans start to put a little more emphasis on passing and go out and grab another wide receiver if they don't sign Derrick Henry long term? You know, because uh, this is an impressive list of names. Do you think maybe they go that route? They could possibly go that route. Um, but one thing that they are going to build off of, and I think we're going to see a lot of this year, is they've seen how well Ryan Tannehill benefited from like the play action passes and you know, being able to roll out of the pocket on those play action passes. And I believe that while they will, you know, so they you do, don't think that they will lean towards more of a pass first and pass more often team that they would kind of stick with that running. I think they would want to stick with the run first because they know how much that helped Tannehill out. How much that year. sets him up for success. Exactly. Well, um, you know, no matter what they do, uh, I think that they're in good hands with Ryan Tannehill. I think that they've got a very good wide receiver with A.J. Brown. Uh, I hope that they keep Derrick Henry in the mix there. If they don't, Darrington Evans was a very good draft pick, and he has loads of potential. He had a really good college career, and, I mean, to me, that that's as good of a, a running back pick in the draft as you can get. I agree, and I do think that they are going to – end up working out a deal with Derrick Henry and I just I love the idea of for the next couple of years having Henry and Evans in that backfield along with of course Tannehill leading the way at quarterback but you know just having those two I gave my thoughts on what they can do in an article on our website and in our bold prediction episode from last weekend um, I'm a little more skeptical about if they will actually get the, the deal with Henry done. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about it. I know they have until July 15th. Um, and of course, like I said, I want it to be done, but I'm a little skeptical about if it will. So now let's move to some guys that would potentially be blocking for these running backs. Isaiah Wilson and Dennis Kelly. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my thoughts on Wilson, and then I want to hear from you. Um, obviously Wilson is a big guy, 6'6", 350 pounds or more. Um, he's slow, but when you consider his size, he moves pretty well for a guy that's 350 plus. Um, I'm not going to act like I am, you know, good at watching film over offensive linemen or anything like that. That is not my strong suit. In fact, I, I, haven't watched a lot of film in the past. I've started doing it lately just to see if I could kind of, you know, learn and get the hang of it. Um, so I'm not going to act like I'm some O-line guru or anything. 
But I did watch some film last night, and this is what I gathered from it. Uh, I noticed that he falls down a lot when he's going downfield run blocking. He's not quite as good as Kelly at getting down the field, you know, ahead of the running back and 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 providing those lead blocks. Um, he holds his own against bull rushers uh, in pass protection. You know, I mean, he, he seems to be pretty strong. Uh, sometimes speed rushers can beat him around the edge or they can fake him outside and beat him to the inside. So he does have issues with, you know, some of the faster guys, like I said, because of his footwork and how slow that it can be at times. But he's big enough to throw him around if he can ever get his hands on him, which he does manage to do a good number of times. But sometimes he can't quite catch up to him, and they'll either fake him out or, and go inside, or they'll just flat out beat him around the edge. Um, so that's kind of what I gathered from Wilson from the small amount of film that I watched in comparison to how much you know a, a scout or someone would watch. Uh, I watched a few games, but that's what I gathered from it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Wilson? My thoughts on Wilson are that, yes, he does have some trouble with his footwork, and I believe he is better at pass blocking than he is run blocking, but that is all things that you know can be worked on. Obviously, he's going to be coming in to a great group of guys on this offensive line already and good veteran presence that can help him out. Um, And like you said, as far, I think he leans a little bit too far forward on run plays and that can cause, you know, even getting down the field, if you're leaning too far forward, that can cause a lot of that falling, falling down when you're trying to be that lead run blocker. And if you're on the ground, you can't block for anybody. Exactly. He, he is wider, though, so it is harder for those rushers to get around his edge. But like you said, his footwork does need a little bit of work. And if they fake him to the outside and come back inside, there is times where they can beat him on that because he is a little bit slower. However, he is a big body, and he can, you know, I'm like you, I think he's very strong. So if he gets his hands on the pass rushers, he's going to be able to push them back and keep them away from the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's times that a, a guy would get around him and he would literally just throw him down the field. Um, and I think a lot of his issue when people will, will fake him to the outside is once he gets all that weight moving, he's not he can't quite get it back going the other As way quick. quick enough. Yeah, um, and you know, just... Comparing him size-wise to Dennis Kelly, Dennis Kelly is a couple inches taller. You know, Kelly's 6'8", but he's 321 pounds versus Wilson's 350 or maybe a little bit more, possibly, you know, maybe just a little bit less. But he's still going to outweigh Kelly and be a wider body. Um, You know, my thoughts on this as far as who I think can end up getting the starting right tackle job comes down to however the NFL is able to handle their season. I believe as long as everything, you know, keeps going like it's looks like it's going right now and there is still camps and a preseason, I think going through the preseason games, 
getting to watch Isaiah Wilson, that there is a very good chance he wins that starting right tackle job. Kelly, I believe, is going to be 30 this year. So I could see the Titans looking to plug Isaiah Wilson in now, let him go ahead and get up to game speed, you know, learn the system, and just build him to be an offensive lineman of the future. Whereas if for some reason things were to change and this, you know, the COVID virus were to push things out, possibly cancel some preseason games or the preseason altogether, which I don't believe that's going to be the case. I think everything's going to, for the NFL, is going to go as planned. But if for some reason that were to happen, then I believe the Titans would go with the veteran presence of Kelly because he's going to know the system already, have a couple years in the system, and you know those couple years in the system is going to make all the difference. So again, if for some reason there ends up not being camps or no preseason, I think Kelly gets the job. If there is a preseason, like I believe there's going to be, I think Isaiah Wilson is going to put in the work and end up overtaking the starting job from Dennis Kelly. Uh, I differ from you a bit. I think that either way, Wilson is going to get the job because I believe that even at this moment, Wilson is a better offensive lineman than Dennis Kelly. Um, you, You made some really good points. And Yes, Kelly with the veteran presence, and he already knows the offense. Um, that is a huge advantage for Dennis Kelly, especially uh, you know if, if the preseason and camps aren't going as planned, like you said. Um, but I, I still think that Wilson will take that starting right tackle job. Uh, I only watched one game of Dennis Kelly when I was watching film last night. And it was the first Colts game of last season in week two. And, you know, I only watched one because I don't know if it was just a bad game or if it was because he he was having to play right or left tackle, I'm sorry, because of Taylor LeJuan's suspension. I don't know if he just wasn't comfortable at left tackle or if it was just a bad game, but that was all that I could watch because he was just flat out not good. Um, He... He seemed to be decent against the run at times because, like I said, he does get down the field pretty well to get ahead of the running back and set some good lead blocks. But against the pass, it it always seemed like he was letting the defense push him back into the pocket that they were trying to create. And it, it just let the defense put pressure on the quarterback because they were literally just collapsing the pocket there from that left side of the line. Um, I think that there's kind of this preconceived notion that since we've had Dennis Kelly for a while that and that he's stepped in as a starter a couple times that that he's good and that he's capable of being a starting tackle going forward. But I really don't think he's capable of starting for 16 games. I think he's a really good depth piece. Don't get me wrong. I think that the role that they had him in last season where he was a depth piece you know, they would bring him in in goal line situations. They would bring him in to, to, to move around a little bit and use in different ways. He's versatile, and that's a good thing for him. And, he, you know, he knows the offense. He's been here for a while, so he's a good depth piece. But I just don't think that he's a player that can be a starter for 16 games. I think that Wilson has to be the guy at right tackle from week one so that 
the the line can really begin to mesh like we've talked about so many times how important that is because the 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 line last season once Lawan came back and once we really just had a solid group of guys going forward and we knew that that was going to be the group barring injury for the rest of the season Lawan Saffold Ben Jones Nate Davis Conklin once we had those guys they started to mesh and were one of the best offensive lines in the league so I think that you've got to go with Wilson from week one, even if he has to take his beatings and his bumps and bruises, because I think that he's noticeably better. I can uh, make really good points there, and I can't disagree with those points, because, like I said, the only reason I see Kelly getting the starting job would be because of his veteran presence and already knowing the system. Exactly. And and I completely see where you're coming from there. And I, I think it's a really good point because it is scary. If you haven't seen Isaiah Wilson in camps, you haven't seen him in preseason, it is scary to come in week one against the Broncos and throw him in. That is, I mean, that's terrifying. But I think that, you know, I, I think that he's a better option even without a normal camp and a, without the preseason being played. Um, which I think that those things will be fine. I think that going forward, you know, things are going to get normal soon. Um, but even without him, I feel like personally, you've got to put Wilson in there and just let him, let him learn and do his thing. Let him learn from experience. And I think by the end of the season next year, he's going to be a good, a really, not really good. I don't want to say, but good for a rookie as a starting right tackle. Right. And, you know, I think he's going to come in to camps, do very well. I think he's going to do good in the preseason, regular season. You know, say he does end up being the starter, he is going to take some beatings, just most rookies do. It's just part of getting caught up to game speed, actually getting into these games against other teams. And I believe by the time the middle of the season and late season hits, He's gonna, you know, be in his groove and doing very well, and you know, I think at some point this season, even if he doesn't get the starting job from the start of the season, I think at some point he will take it over during the season. Exactly, and that's why I'm in favor of just going ahead and put him in there from the beginning. No Let him take what, his beatings so early that, season versus late season so when they might ready, be running. Exactly, so that he's ready to make that playoff run. Um, that's everything that we've got today. Hope that you guys have enjoyed the show. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter at Titans underscore time. Check out our Instagram Titans time podcast and our website Titans time podcast.com. Uh, we have probably three or four articles a week on there. So make sure that you check them out. Uh, we put a lot of work into that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast or follow us. If you're on one of those platforms that call it a follow, give us that five star rating. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Also, go check out our YouTube channel. You know, we have a couple videos up on there, uh, you know, that's different from the uh, stuff we put out on our regular podcast. And, you know, let us know how we're doing on that as well. Exactly. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is Titans Time Podcast. Uh, We have videos, like he said, that differ from the content that we have here on our podcast. Um, and you know, if you enjoy the podcast, share it with a friend, you know, tell them to subscribe, share it with someone, 
Uh, it definitely helps us out a lot, and we love to continue to see these numbers grow because we enjoy doing this. Uh, it's a really fun hobby for us, and you know, I mean, we just like Titans football. So um, once again, that's all that we've got for today. I hope that you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening.